man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week of November 15th, 2021, Season 3, Episode 45. Chris here inside the garage with Charles. What's up, man? hey Lots of things to talk about this week. Uh, some of the topics we're going to be covering are Foo Fighters making a horror comedy film yes. in 2022. What's that all about? We'll talk about that, uh, that and new albums apparently coming next year from Jack White, Avril Lavigne, and more. Metallica releasing a special 40th anniversary collector's ring. Mm. Why are there no physical copies currently available of Limp Bizkit's new album? Mm. It's a strange thing. Tragedy at Travis Scott's Astroworld and what it means for the concert industry. Plus this week in music history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. Everything's up, rocknewsweekly.com, however you want to listen. We have the player embedded there, and we also have the new subscription feature on Anchor FM. For basically a dollar a week, $3.99 a month, you get access to exclusive interviews with bands, musicians, all of our festival coverage, giveaways, extended and unedited episodes with bonus content like our dark humor commercials that we produce ourselves, stuff that's too weird, funny for the regular weekly news format. Subscribe now in the description link or head to anchor.fm slash rocknewsweekly slash subscribe. We are also now on Google Podcasts and Amazon Audible, so look us up. Check us out if you're on those. Make sure you follow us for our weekly one-minute video updates, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all the same, at Rock News Weekly. All right, so some new releases that just came out on the 12th of November, this past Friday. Um, new albums, we mentioned it last week that were on the way, from Damon Albarn from mm. Gorillaz, his new uh, solo album. The nearer the fountain, more pure the stream flows. Oh, poetic. How poetic. It's so poetic. Also new albums from Government Mule, Courtney Barnett, Idols, Lee Ronaldo, uh, Little Mix, Pit Blom. Pit Blom. Pit Blom. The Dodos. And also coming up this Friday on 19th of November, we got new albums on the way from Adele, Clams Casino, Converge, Deep Valley, Elbow, Holy Other, Jessica Moss, Jesse Lanza, Robert Plant, and Allison Krauss have their new okay. album coming out this Friday. It's called Raise the Roof, which is a very strange title. It seems like they're about 30 years too late on that title. <laughs> I know. Seems right? like that would be a heavy D title yeah. from 1990, but big time. Robert Plant and Allison Krauss going with Raise the Roof. All right. Simon and the Island also have new albums. Smile Sting has a new solo wow. album. Wow. It's called The Bridge. Nice. Uh, nice. And then the darkness; those guys are back with an album called Motorheart. The the Sting album, I've I've actually already heard it. It's very awkward to hear. Actually, it's, it's I, I heard. Yeah, what, what was it? It's eight hours of of tantric sex, just like old old oldish man grunts and. I, I heard. I heard he just uh, one of the secret songs on it. He just plays the spoons for just 40, spoons. 40 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> That's it. just plays the spoons. <laughs> so yeah, check that out if you're into it. Yep. All right, this week's edition of What Touring Musician Has Contracted COVID-19? Nobody, Charles. Wow. So this is the first week in quite some time 
that yeah. nobody is being reported uh, as having COVID nineteen. So that's great. So let's keep nice. that up. Yep, keep it up. And then tour keep it news. Up, keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> tour news announced <laughs> for next year. So I love seeing the festival lineups for oh, next yeah. year because it, it lets us know who's on the road, who's got new stuff, maybe some surprises. Uh, Shaky Knees Festival in oh, Atlanta, Georgia. Man. Charles, why don't you let our listeners know some of the major artists that are on that one? Oh, man. Okay, so you got uh, day one, you got Green Day. You know, that's great and everything, but look at that. Billy Idol. I mean, how how fucking cool would it be to see Billy Idol? Look at that other um, band that's sub-headlining. Who is that? Oh, okay. Rainbow with Rainbow Kitten Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> with Billy, okay, all right, nicely done. So if you're gonna, if you got to choose yeah. between Rainbow Kitten Surprise and Billy Idol, yeah, yeah, that's I true. Think I'll go with Billy Idol, but oh, that's look. that's a very interesting name, dude. It's like they every day caters to like a different kind of audience and genre. Like day one is Green Day, it's um, kind of headlining. the punk day, I guess, yeah. or alternative day. Yeah, and then uh, day two is Nine Inch Nails, and you've got uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, which we we've talked about a couple of times. In this podcast, yep, uh, it's super cool. Oh, Japanese breakfast, I love that. That's that's awesome. And then the last one is um, a, a buddy of mine at work, um, Drew, his favorite all time favorite band, My Morning Jacket. So right, you've got Jim like James. basically like your pop punk day, you've got your kind of industrial kind of uh, like hard rock day, and then you've got your kind of emo, you know, death cab for cutie type j- jazzy, um, you know, karate style group. There's a lot of uh, good artists yeah. on the under undercard here. That's There's, cool. I see Japan cool. Droids. Um, they're performing Celebration Rock in its entirety, which is my favorite album from them. That's really cool. Nice. Shannon, Shannon and the Clams, Godspeed, You Black Emperor, uh, Spoon, uh, Gang of Youths. Um, nice. Dirty Honey. Uh, guided by Voices, Dirty Honey. Uh, there's some good good bands on yeah, there. That's so that's Shaky Knees in Atlanta, Georgia, April 29th Oof. through May 1st of next Oof. year. ShakyKneesFestival.com uh, if you want to check that out. Yeah, up until yesterday, ShakyKneesFestival.com. I, I mean, Shaky, Fees, Shaky Knees Festival. I can't even say it. Shaky <laughs> Knees Festival was just a bunch of old-ass hobos that, like, rode on trains. Right. That, like, played the spoons. And, and like, their knees you know, were literally yeah, shaky. exactly. Yeah, they all roasted beans over a fire. <laughs> and then at one point, one of them was like, hey, Jeb. Did you think we should make this a festival? Well, I no, I think I think what it was is they had they had that as the website, and it was just a weird blog yeah. of them cooking beans and and being in train cars. But they had the website name. Oh yeah. Oh oh, that's right. I, uh, I, yeah. Old old patches. That's patches right. McCoolahan, uh, the first yep. the b- first bean baker of the Shaky Knees Bums. He registered. He had the foresight to register that uh, website name. Yeah, yeah. In the early two thousands, and then held out until this festival was born. Oh yeah. Sold yeah. it. And now they live in uh, Cabo San Lucas with Sammy Hagar. Oh yeah, they're they also uh, yeah they're, his, you're, they're yeah, actually his yeah. backing band. Yep, and and they're uh, they're the the ones that own the majority stock in Chicken Marrow Nubbins, which is just like the coolest thing. You know, I heard that when, before it became Shaky Knees as a festival, like when it was kind of in its hobo days, right? That out of nowhere, like a a weird and sickly man kind of just walked out just a very thin kind of sickly man looking like he was about to kill over any second and it was michael stipe wow and he was the one who that's was a like true hey, story guys. yeah actually like, none of that's true uh <laughs> but you know hey that's what you come oh, here for right look at this 
Look at this show. This is sick. Well, this is cool artwork. All right, let's yeah. move on to some real news here. Kill Switch Engage and August Burns Red nice. with Light the Torch. That's a pretty pretty cool lineup there. That's uh, awesome. Big tour in North America, and we were looking at the artwork on the poster. It looks pretty cool. Oh, it looks like, beautiful. Um, like a, a lion uh, with claws that are coming through, and yeah. there's like, uh, I don't know, smoke coming out of his eyes or something. Like, I, I watched the movie uh, Shang-Chi <laughs> last night. It was really, really, really freaking good, and, um, and that looks like something out of the movie Shang-Chi. Nice. Yeah. So it's kicking off January 28th in Pittsburgh, runs through March 24th uh, in Philadelphia in their hometown. Nice. So there is a West Coast date. I can't zoom in and see it. Uh, I think it's in San Francisco. And then I know there's a Seattle date, some other days. So if you guys are into that, Kill Switch Engage, check it out. August Burns Red, Light mm. the Torch, mm-hmm. kicking off next year. Also, another big tour announcement from Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, uh, it's, every single one of them is the same person. <laughs> Just with a different hair. Dude. They all have different hair and a different shirt. Yeah. One of them's holding flowers, so he must be the sensitive one. Look at them. They all have the exact same face. Or he's the absolute creep of the band. I know, it's probably it. They're yeah. like, we'll give him flowers. Yeah. Make him look nice. Make him look nice. I don't know why I, I make him British. They're from Detroit. Well, yeah. <laughs> they probably talk But they look like they're now. dressing like Pink Floyd they from do. 1960. They do. And then the lead singer now <laughs> They're has on like top a, of the pops. Yeah. 1960. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. The lead singer looks like he's got like a creepy Brandon Boyd mustache. He now, does. Like. That is a pedo stash if yeah. I've ever seen one. Uh, Brandon Boyd did the same thing from Incubus, and, and it was we watched him well, live one time. We were like, what's dude, up with that porn star mustache? Well, okay, so funny thing. When I was on the air on the on the station the other day, I did a, just a Google search for Incubus to see what's going on with them, you know, tour dates and stuff. Yeah. And it just brought me up to the actual defini- definition of incubus, yeah. which is a demon that preys on women in their sleep oh, yeah, yeah. to assault them sexually, basically. Oh, yeah. So I was like, wow, you name your band after yeah. a demon that assaults women sexually, uh, incubus. And then you look like Brandon Boyd <laughs> with a pedophile mustache. I'm yeah. like, dude, that's pretty... <laughs> That's that's a lot. Whatever tomorrow brings, <laughs> I'll watch you. Yeah, sleep. I'll assault you I'll in your sleep you with my mustache, just like the demon Incubus. That's it, the demon okay. Incubus. All right, speaking of demons, Brandon Boyd. We, yeah, I know he loves the show, so I mean, it's a big is, fan, big yeah, fan. Don't, don't worry, love, love that uh, where you got the name of your band, Brandon. Yes. That's great. Yes, Corn uh, announcing a new album, Requiem. Oh, yes. Check it out. The visuals for the first single, Start the Healing, we just added that track to the bear. It's actually, it's not bad. Okay. It, as far as a corn song goes, I think it's a pretty decent offering for, okay. a, for a first single. Does he ruin it um, three <laughs> minutes in? That that will be up to all of you to decide. Um, could be, maybe, possibly. Yeah. Maybe not so much on this one. I don't know. Good. I hope so. I okay, hope so. so read read this, um, read this quote here, um, Charles. Check it out. Tim Sakenti, the director of Start the Healing, he's the director of the video. Yeah. Explain the visual in a statement. Go ahead, read that quote there where it says, our idea for this video. Oh, well, he, it's not Jonathan Davis reading it, so I can't read no, it in but Jonathan Davis' Tim, voice. Tim, Sk- Sk- uh, Tim Skaskini. S- Sakenti. Our idea for this video, huh, <laughs> was to mutate that aspect of the DNA of corn, of what makes them so inspiring, their mix of raw power. And transport of aesthetics and human emotion. I wanted to take the viewer on an emotional journey, as the song does. <laughs> a visceral, cathartic death. Wow. And rebirth. That'll hopefully help transport the listener through whatever their personal struggles are, 
or I'll break their fucking legs. Karen, is that my cheesesteak? <laughs> I'm hungry. Bring it over here. Okay, so maybe I added the break the legs part at the. But I actually, just, that's, I, I thought that was good. You yeah, know, like to read. You know, that was a very deep <laughs> statement, but to read it in a very non-caring New Jersey type of way. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. That's great, right? <laughs> What's wrong with you, you filth? <laughs> So, a uh, new album from Corn Requiem. Uh, Requiem is coming out February fourth, twenty twenty two. That's my birthday. Oh, nice, nicely so done. You can get me that album for my birthday. Yeah, Actually, that, don't because I don't want it. That's also that's the birthday of uh, Kurt, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> no, no kidding. It is February fourth. Huh? February fourth. Well, I'm glad I share it with Chicken Royalty. You do. You do. All right, um, check it out. Here's the 30th anniversary edition of Nirvana's Nevermind. All right. Their box set is out now. It just came out on November 12th, this past Friday. Uh, 70 previously unreleased tracks, uh, and there's a bonus 7-inch in it. There's uh, all kinds of DVDs. There's a Blu-ray. There's concert uh, concert recordings that have never been released, including nice. live in Amsterdam, live in Del Mar, live in Melbourne, and live in Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, and there was a bunch of recordings uh, now all newly remastered for the first time ever. And, of course, there's eight LPs in this box set. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. All on 180-gram black vinyl, all in premium tip-on jackets, plus the new 7-inch uh, and the CD Blu-ray, five CDs plus a Blu-ray, complete concert video. Wow. Newly remastered audio and video in HD. I want it. Just for that video. Yeah, big time. I'd love to see that Blu-ray footage of Live in Amsterdam with Nirvana at the peak of... Their, with a With a European crowd, they always... I mean, it's just a blast. Oh, speaking of boxing, I completely forgot. We talked about this on a podcast like like six months ago. You were going to hook me up with that with that Pink Floyd one. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I have it waiting yes. for you. Yes. I'll tell you what. Yes. It'll be in your stocking this year for Christmas. Aww. So there you go. I I love Nirvana. I was I was 12 years old when Nevermind came out. It was huge. It was just a perfect age for me to like be introduced to like grunge. Oh yeah, totally. I was in the rock thing. You know, I was listening to like Pretty Hate Machine, and I was listening to some some earlier kind of Radiohead. I was getting into some Skinny Puppy and some Ministry. I was kind of like yeah, lots of industrial stuff too. Yeah, bringing my bringing my my musical taste in, and then and then grunge came out. You know, Soundgarden, Nirvana, like Alice in Chains. Stone Temple Pilots and in ninety two, ninety three, and it blew me away. But I'll tell you one thing: I will never forgive Kurt Cobain for this one thing. What? And that's for talking shit about the Tool Sober video. That's it. Will I, I will remember never, that? I will never forget that. If you look it up on YouTube, so what happened there? There's so he's in an interview and somebody asked him about, "Have you heard that band Tool?" And he's like, he just starts laughing, like scoffing, like, "Huh, yeah, huh, yeah, right." And he's like, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be sued for what they did. Oh, because they, ripped they off supposedly the ripped off. Yeah. Right, because of the yeah. uh, style of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. That's like all Adam Jones's style. That's all his stuff, man. It's like he, that's like his thing. So like, after I saw that, I was like, man, Kurt Cobain, you were like a little <clears throat> bit of a pompous dick well, in that you know, video. Looking back on a lot of the stuff in hindsight with Nirvana, he was very like super conscious about not trying to rip people off or whatever, right? And do it in a respectful way, almost to the point of, like, a neurotic kind of, like, those types of musicians that it's like, I'm better than you because I'm not... I'm doing something totally weird and different that's not inspired by anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're obviously inspired by uh, Black Sabbath, and I can tell, and you should be ashamed because you're wearing your guitar like Tony Iommi and 
uh, you, you sound that way and you're using the same distortion and that's, yeah. uh, that's a total ripoff. Yeah. It's like, bro, you're thinking about this way too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these people, they get inspired by whoever it is, right? But they, they're trying to do their own thing. They're not trying to rip anybody off. And obviously, I mean, Tool was... Super unique. And they were inspired by that stuff. Oh, yeah. We all, and that's the thing, right? Like every chord, every riff, every note has been used before oh, in yeah. music history. So yep. we're all ripping off shit in a lot of ways. Big time. Same thing with visual arts and a lot of that. We get inspired by something, but then we translate it to our own thing. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, big time. Not, I will not p- give Led Zeppelin a pass on that kind of stuff. <laughs> and Rolling Stones. And, and Rolling the Stones. And the Beatles. And, <laughs> and all Elvis. those artists. And Elvis yeah. that ripped off poor black musicians yeah. and basically stole their songs. And made them their own. We're yeah. not talking about that. I'm saying being inspired, maybe visually, creatively, not literally. Right, right, right. Of right. the lyrics and the the chords. I'm not, you know, saying that. Yep, I, absolutely. I, I don't agree with that. Absolutely. But anyway, we kind of went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, it's all oh, yeah. good. Hey, I, you know? I mean, even even that little tidbit. I, I still love the music. I still love Nirvana. <laughs> That's a good point. Still <clears throat> can't wait to hear the box set extra songs. Like it's amazing. Yep. So check that all out. Uh, and new music from Avril Veen now. We just added this to the bear. What? Her first new single in a couple years. It's called Bite Me, and it's the title track. There's the artwork off of her new album. Look at that Canadian darling. Yeah, Has an she's aged looking, a day. You know, she's looking pretty good. What the hell? Like, it, what's wrong I mean, with her? It looks like an album cover from 2002. It does. It looks like she took, like, the Bart Simpson drug. Like she She's kind of like, sitting there. She's got her big platform boots on with, like, a, a plaid skirt looking yeah. kind of punk rock. She's got a cake that's in the shape of a heart, and it's all black, and it says, bite me. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very late 90s. Yeah, very, mm-hmm. like, two thousand early 2000s yeah. alternative that was like super, you know, Blink One Eighty Two was kind of you know at the prime. Avril Lavigne, Sum Forty One, all those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely a throwback to that era. Big so time. Travis Barker, speaking of uh, Blink One Eighty Two, is producing this album. Okay, and it's on his new DTA Records. All right, uh, that guy's doing a lot. And Avril said of Travis, "quote The first time we worked together was fifteen years ago on my album, The Best Damn Thing, and I have really enjoyed watching him develop into the producer that he is today." The two of them have spent a lot of time writing songs, working on their new album together. She says that he understands her vision as a musician and her creative process as an artist. And I got to say, you know, whether you're a fan of their music or not, yeah, that's a really rare thing to have an artist say that and kind of gush about a producer that much. Oh, yeah. That they really understand where they're coming from. And I think Travis Barker, when it's like a musician that's being a producer instead of just some record industry guy or a recording engineer type of guy. Uh, it takes an actual musician to kind of understand where another musician is coming from. Right, right. And when you produce an album, and so you got somebody like kind of that you can relate to when you're doing that. I'm sure that's a refreshing thing for a lot of these musicians. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. I love um, it. She gave credit where credit's due. And, yeah. and in turn, I mean, she's she's like a staple of that era. So it's like one icon giving another icon credit. So that's, that's pretty cool. And it's, and it's good to see her still doing her thing. I guess she divorced. You remember she was, uh, married to Chad Kroger. Oh yeah. That's of right. Nickelback. Yeah. And she just divorced him. So I wonder if this is kind of a, um, an ode to him in a way, you know, yeah. Like, bite me kind of like I'm back. Here's my album. Screw you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in a way, um, but, definitely could be, you know, I think that's cool that she's doing it regardless. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Hey, son, you feeling okay? Yeah, just a little down in the dumps. (laughs) Don't worry, kiddo. 
I got just the thing. What's that sound? It sounds like the wall is breaking. Hey, yo! I'm Chicken Marrow Nubbins, renowned blues harmonica player. Now, I may be known for sucking on my harmonica. Now I want to share my passion for sucking on chicken bones. Chicken marrow nubbins are grade A chicken bones with the nubs broken off so you can suck all that sweet, sweet marrow nubbins out easily. Wow, chicken marrow nubbins is so cool. Yeah, but what's wrong with his teeth? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's all the chicken grease that keeps my harmonica sliding through the night. No, seriously, that's disgusting. It smells like death. Don't you sass me, boy. You just hit my son. Dad, call the police. Well, hold on a minute. These are pretty good. Wait, wait a second. Where'd he go? He left a massive hole in our wall. But he filled a hole in our hearts. So get some chicken marrow nubbins tonight from yours truly, Chicken Marrow Nubbins. Uh, so check it out. Also coming next year, two new albums from Jack White. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard, He's I heard doing about two this. different solo albums, two yeah. different styles of albums, almost like a double album in a way. But he's doing two different albums. Uh, so they're coming out next year. One of them's called Fear of the Dawn and Entering Heaven Alive. So Fear of the Dawn is one of them, and Entering Heaven Alive is the next one. Oh, okay. So they have places on the 2022 release schedule on Third Man Records' website if you check it out. Fear of the Dawn, which includes this new track, Taking Me Back, which is the one for Call of Duty Vanguard. Nice. We started playing that on the bear. That's the first single. So... That's coming out April 8th through Third Man, a third, excuse me, third Man Records. And just a few months later, on July 22nd, fans will get the second album, Entering Heaven Alive. Yeah. The two albums are separated by different inspirations, different themes, and different moods. They're totally different albums. So I feel like, I feel like Jack White and, you know, you just previously mentioned Travis Barker. And then we, we were talking about uh, uh, Dave Grohl earlier. Like, I think the three of them are actually robots. For the <laughs> amount of shit that they do I on know, a daily man, it's basis, impressive. minute by minute, yeah, and they're they're just pure, you know, talent. I was looking on um, Third Man Records website, and I think I'm going to sign up for it uh, this coming year for their uh, membership, the Vault membership. Oh, okay, because nice. the Third Man Vault membership. Not trying to advertise here, uh, but it's it's around. It's a little over two hundred bucks. But you get, I think, five major releases over the course of a year. Oh, cool. And they're like the deluxe editions all to the gills, like real, real nice, all the special treatment, you know? Yeah. And you get five of them throughout the year, which they're normally about 100 bucks a piece. Yeah. So it's about half the price if you look at it that way. But it's definitely for a record collector or a enthusiast type of thing to do oh, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could always get this music digitally for a lot cheaper. But the the stuff that I I just want to make a note about how Jack White packages these albums, he truly is like a uh, connoisseur of special features and special packaging and just taking it to a very premium, top-notch experience. Awesome. When you buy an album from Third Man Records, just a regular album is fine, whatever. It'll come pristinely packed and everything, but some of these special editions ones that are on the Vault Access, 
They come literally with bonus 7 inches, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff, packaging that is just unbelievable that just doesn't get done this day and age in the vinyl world. Yeah, that's, he's, yeah. You know, he's leading the charge in that, so I just wanted to give a shout out to that. If you guys are a vinyl enthusiast, definitely check out his vault subscription thing for Third Man Records. It's definitely worth it. I've just been putting it off because, you know, it's one of my things I, I tried to cut out of my budget. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I spend a lot of stuff on silly things you, like that. Yeah. You always have to get merch at every concert you go to. I do. And for a while, it was like you were going to a concert like every week. It's Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, I work in radio, so I get the tickets for free. So my money goes for a shirt, yeah. for a poster. I would have normally spent that money elsewhere. Why not get a very cool memento keepsake is my mentality, right? Makes sense. I always like to have it, as you can tell, in the studio here, in the garage, rather. We have a lot of posters up on the wall of different shows that we've yeah. been to. And it's just a cool reminder visually and mentally of a show that you went to, and it kind of brings back memories of, of all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, keeping that stuff. So I think it's, it's you know, and it supports. I love also the fact when we spend money at shows, that's part of their road money. Yeah. That's their money that the band gets directly from the fans. Yeah. There's no Ticketmaster money. There's no fees. When I spend 55 bucks at that merch table... It goes directly to the band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even though it's an overpriced yep. shirt, it's an overpriced shirt that should be worth like 20 bucks. It's worth it. That money goes directly to the band, and as a fan, I feel like that's like somebody on Twitch making a donation, somebody on YouTube making a donation to a oh, creator. Yeah. It's directly giving money to those people saying, I appreciate what you do, and I'm going to wait in line for this to do it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's where you kind of, when you go to the show, it's like you're paying homage at the church. It's like you got to go and make that offering. That's true. That's you true. You know, and I kind of yep. look at, like, I got to do that at every show I go to for any band that I care about. I'm going to go and buy something, whether it's a $10 bandana or a $50 poster. I got to make that offering to the band that I care about. That's why um, that's why our audience should uh, pay a dollar a week and subscribe to our <laughs> awesome channel. Oh, hey, by the way, before you move on. So, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, Chris said something uh, right now to you guys, our, our devoted fans, if you will. Um, he said that, you know, the entire studio is covered in, in, um, in band posters. And that's that. That would be really awesome if it was true. But in all reality, uh, every single poster and there's at least there's at least three dozen posters here, and each one is Paula Abdul in a different <laughs> position for the video. Straight up, now tell me. Wow. And, uh, yeah, there's one that actually says uh, it's interesting. It like shows her, and it's like a black. I and never white, noticed that. And it says. At the at the bottom. Is that the one where it's the animated one with the fox that's dancing? No, no, no. I mean, you should know. These are all your posters. I just never noticed. Chris is a huge Paula Abdul fan. Huge fan. Huge fan. Actually, you know, I gotta say, when Paula Abdul came out with that album, my one my first album that we had in my house was not Paul Abdul. It was MC Hammer. Oh, no way. My The first one that my parents let us have. This was before rock music. This was when I was like, I don't know, eight years old, nine yeah. years old. I swear to God. MC Hammer had that track, uh, Too Legit to Quit oh, yeah. or whatever. And, uh, too Legit. Too Legit to Quit. Hey, yeah. hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. That whole album, like my parents, it was clean and he was like a religious guy. Yeah. And it was like pop music at the time. They let us have that. And but Paul Abdul was at the same time, and my sister. Oh yeah, was yeah. a huge Paul Abdul fan. Ooh, throwing it out there. 
uh, Ace of Base as well. Oh, Paul nice. Abdul, Ace of Base got two very nasally, two, two very nasally <laughs> vocals right there, dude. So I mean, we're talking, you know, early '90s here, and my sister, like, she would rock that stuff. Nice. She she knew all the words, and so yeah, just kind of yeah. that explains all the know? parachute pants. Right? Holy shit, Chris! I was, I've I've been it all goes to say back something. to that. I've been meaning to say something. It all to goes you back to my first years. CD we had. Yeah, MC Hammer. He could do the dance and everything from one end of the garage to the other. This is a great segue. Speaking of okay, CDs, great. you yes. know, why doesn't Limp Biscuit have a CD out for their new album? Oh, because Fred Durst is just look at this cool look, album artwork. I gotta Durst. say, that album artwork is pretty cool. That yeah, reminds it's very me of a 1990s album artwork cover. It's very 90s. There's a picture. It's basically, I'll, I'll describe it. It's like the the band is sitting down on a carpet, and it's animated, and there's like a lady kind of vacuuming around them, mm-hmm. almost like they're trash or dust or something, like she's about to vacuum them up. Mm-hmm. And it's got Fred Durst kind of in his new little dad vibes kind of outfit. Uh, anyway, so here's the thing. Limp Biscuits. it's their first new album in 10 years. It yeah. just came out. Uh, it's called Still Sucks. Limp Biscuit Still Sucks, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty clever. Oh, yeah. I it's always on, like, it's when, I, I like when they get ahead of the joke. Yeah. When they know that, you know, they have a good sense of humor about themselves. Big time. Came out on Halloween, right? But only digitally. Everything digitally. Yeah. But there's no CD, vinyl, cassette, nothing. Are, are you out of luck because they do not exist? Why? Yeah. So here's the thing. They did some some research on this. It debuted at number 155 on oh. the Billboard 200, making oh, it Limp Biscuit's lowest charting studio album of their yeah. entire career, which isn't very long. I will say that. Despite the massive momentum momentum built, though, they did the Lollapalooza thing. It was yeah. like they were going right. Well, it wasn't enough. Apparently, Limp Biscuit started actually becoming kind of like a cult underground cool thing. Yeah. They, they were cooler than ever. Their back catalog was more justified. They had all kinds of, like, spikes in downloading their back catalog, right? Yeah. So what's the deal? Had pre-orders for physical copies been available, the band could have crushed their first week tally mm, of that okay. 3,500 units, but they didn't. Yeah. Song sales even doubled right after Lollapalooza set this summer. As we know, CDs and LPs and cassettes were not available for purchase, and it should be noted that the figure uh, provided by this uh, newsletter that it, ta- it tallies a-, a lot of stuff. It's an industry newsletter. Yeah. It did not include streaming equivalents, meaning that on-demand streams of the album were not factored into that total. Yeah. So it's not exactly accurate, but it begs the question, why are there no physical copies? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Aliens. That's a great answer. Yeah, it's got to be aliens. Hey, you know, uh, so our 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 relative um, teen expert Lalo is not here That's this right. this weekend. He's not here. But but yeah, Lalo could tell you. Lalo, would you buy a new album this day? I see. No, it was a, a, available physically. If you I, cared about the band, I know what his. That's what, what I like his to ask answer him. is. I know what his answer is, and his answer is definitely yes. Like definitely, if he yes, cares he about would, the band, he cares he about would the buy band. It. He would buy it, yeah, because he's all about. Um, he's very much like you now. If you notice, like every time Lalo comes with us to shows, like he's got to buy merch. Like it's his way of like basically kind of donating directly to the band. Exactly. But Lalo, uh, in in regards to Limb Biscuit, and this is Lalo. He's very. He's got a very. Uh, he's very musically eclectic, so he likes like a lot of things, and, and he's knowledgeable, and he's, he appreciates good music. And he, the very first time when Morris was sitting here, and he played us the new Limp Biscuit song. Oh and the yeah. First words out of Fred Durst's mouth were. Can I get a biscuit? Give me a biscuit. <laughs> Lalo put his hands on his forehead like 
Jesus Christ. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, you gotta be kidding me. And if a 14 year old does that, then you know that there's approximately 2.1 million 14 year olds that are doing the same thing right now. So, Fred, get it together, dude. Get, Get it together. Come on. Come on, Fred. I, I don't think they the have song. anybody. I don't think they have anybody they need in the marketing department. I'll no. say that. <laughs> I'll say that they're doing very everything very lazily. Yeah. It's almost like it's Fred Durst on his couch. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. We don't need to pay for a vinyl pressing or do a CD run. Yeah. Let's just put the files out there digitally yeah. and you know, see what happens. Yeah, just grow a handlebar mustache and let's, ask people they uh, can give me a that whole tour. Yeah. Who needs that? Who needs that aftershock Who needs that? appearance? Who needs you know? that? What the fuck, dude? Lame. I don't know. Anyway. People will love us digitally. Speaking of lame stuff, I don't know. I think this ring is kind of cool, but it's also kind of lame. It's almost, it's almost like kind of like, really? Seems like something we would get as a freebie um, right? up at Aftershock. In the, um, but guess how much it is? It's 250 bucks. Uh, Wait, what? what? Yeah. So, huh? So here's the deal. Metallica uh? fans, listen up. Uh, this is on the Christmas list for maybe some Metallica fans. 40th anniversary official sterling silver ring. Okay. It features the M logo, which is pretty badass. I got to say the, the M, M logo is awesome. We're talking about the one that's on like the Ride the Lightning album cover or And Justice for All. I can't remember which one. Or Master yeah. Puppets. It's like the M with the kind of the bolt on the part of the M. Yeah. It looks fucking cool. It's manufactured in the USA. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's 250 bucks. And it's all silver, but you can buy it if you're a crazy Metallica fan. Yeah, I mean, it would probably look good on the forehead of somebody in a pit. <laughs> the indentation of that's the M right there. That's, that's probably that's what... actually a great point. Yeah, hey. Charles. <laughs> yeah. If you hit somebody with that ring, you will leave a badass M yeah. indentated on their skin. So maybe that's worth it. That's it. I got to yep. say, maybe that's worth it. So buy it. 250 bucks. You'll and be I wouldn't mind somebody's life wearing awesome. that as my wedding ring or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, big time. Your wedding ring. Wedding. Wedding. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. Now, we're going to talk about this horror comedy film. Dope. That the Foo Fighters are doing. Check it out. They secretly filmed the movie called Studio 666. Okay. Okay. So, Charles, I'd love you to read this in some kind of a creepy, maybe Vincent Price or Halloween style voice. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, uh, the first about what happens when legendary. Oh, okay. It's definitely not Vincent Price, but I'm I'm, I'm channeling my inner, my inner um, Halloweeny voice, right? So, there what happens when legendary rock band Vincent Encino Mansion, steeped in grisly rock and roll history, to record their tenth album? That's pretty good. That was kind of like Crypt Keeper. It is like it was like Crypt Keeper. We're talking about uh, oh wow, you know, Tales from the Crypt. I could be Look the up, next Crypt Keeper. You could. Nice. That nicely done. Good. Sexy look, by the way. Sexy look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the movie is based on a story, check it out, by, written by Dave Grohl. Mm. It's set to open in more than 2,000 theaters. Wait, 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 wait. Written by What? How much fucking time does this dude have? I know. He wrote a book <laughs> recently and a an book, album. 12 albums in the past hour. He wrote a movie. <laughs> a movie. Apparently did. now that we're learning. Dude, Dave Grohl, you're Let's, like uh, you're like Christian Bale's twin in that magic movie. <laughs> Just <laughs> he is kind of. He is. Well, it's only two thousand theaters though. What I I noticed that's oh. a small release. That's yeah. not nationwide. So it looks like they're doing like kind of boutique theaters. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe it's only going to be like maybe Modesto or Sacramento. That would or be fun. 
San Francisco here, but eventually it's going to come to everybody on February 25th. He says, after decades of ridiculous music videos and numerous documentaries under our collective belts, it was finally time to take it to the next level. A full-length feature horror comedy film. Like most things Foo, Studio 666 began with a far-fetched idea that blossomed into something bigger than we could ever imagine possible. Filmed at the same house where we recorded our our last album, Medicine at Midnight. Okay. Told you that place was haunted, he says. We wanted to recapture the classic magic that all of our favorite rock and roll movies had, but with a twist, hilarious gore that fucking rocks. Wow. And now, with the help of Tom Ortenberg and the team at Open Road Films, we can finally let this cat out of the bag after keeping it our best-kept secret for two years. Be ready to laugh, scream, and headbang in your popcorn. Nice. Studio 666 will F you up. Oh, great. Great. That sounds pretty good. That looks good. It's gonna, like, It's going to be fun. I like that description. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, right on. There you go. Yep. Uh, I thought this was an interesting story that I did not know here. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold's M. Shadows credits Good Charlotte with turning their career around. Okay. Oh, that's... Huh. So, when I read that headline, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay, so Good Charlotte... I'm not a huge fan. I'll just say no. off the bat. No, yeah, no. Those, those guys, I know they're brothers, and yeah. they kind of had, like, bandanas and tattoos, and they were, like, this wannabe punk kind of band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avril, Avril Lavigne's time, right? It was around yeah. that time. Yeah. Exactly. It was that early 2000s, mid-2000s, like, yeah. wannabe punk stuff, all right? Right? Well, it, was, it was a heavily produced pop rock. Yep. Or pop punk rock. Okay, yeah. so check it out. On this new podcast, it's called Tuna on Toast with Stryker. Uh, Striker's got a podcast. I love Tune On Toast. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Shadows explain, uh, that's M. Shadows, the lead singer of the band, explained that the band's 2005 album, City of Evil, had just been released to dismal reception. Good Charlotte's Joel and Benji Madden opted to take Avenged Sevenfold on MTV's TRL with them anyway to play the band's song, Backcountry. Okay, it's a good song. It is a great song. Say, they, play, they do well live, too. And I, I got to say, that's the only old Avenged Sevenfold-like single that we do have in rotation on the bear. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those industry standard tracks now. Yeah, yeah. But it like it was part of a failing album that he's about to point out. So yeah. check it out. And to put TRL in perspective for people that don't know. That <laughs> Our younger audience. That were not brought up with that era. TRL is a totally toxic, horrible show. Oh, yeah. That it was called Total Request Live mm-hmm. with Carson Daly for a number of years that basically only played about a minute of the song. Yeah. And showed it in a countdown form with a live audience where Carson Daly would say, oh, hey, we got these guys. Yeah. On- Check him out. Here's the new song. How did that that dude that dude how how was he pulling like Jennifer Love Hewitt's and I mean it's, he, it's just crazy. I don't know. He it's had bonkers. I think he had a nice pedigree of a family that got him into Hollywood. Oh yeah, he yeah. was he's kind of like a um, Ryan Seacrest, if you will. Yeah, almost like a, a privileged child of wealthy people that were connect, oh, yeah, connected that in sense. that industry. Yeah. Right. I digress. All right, so check it out. Joel Benji Madden from Good Charlotte opted to take Avenged Sevenfold on TRL with them anyway, right? Their album was failing. They're like, fuck it. We like these guys. Yeah. We're going to bring them on TRL. We're going to play this song, Backcountry. And it turned everything around for Avenged Sevenfold. M. Shadow said, quote, they, Good Charlotte, said, we get to bring on an artist that we want. And they brought on Avenged Sevenfold. They played our video, and it never left TRL after that. 
and it went all the way to number one, and then we ended up winning Video Music of the Year for Best New Artist. It was really because Benji and Joel saw something. Good Charlotte saw something that no one else saw, and they took us on there, and it had a mainstream audience. That video was killer. The song worked, and then all of a sudden, everything just started going. It was like, here we go. Nice. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, that's how stuff happened, especially back then. Yeah. And still to this day in a lot of ways. Yeah. If you are in a good position as a band of being popular, bring a band or or give a shout out or whoever to those up and coming bands that are trying to get a foothold in that industry. Oh, yeah. So to speak. And do your due diligence as someone helping out your uh, friends. Yeah, big time. Right? Yeah. And I think that goes with the YouTube and Twitch and everything else community, those people that actually have a following, bring start bringing, you know, more often, bring your friends, the smaller streamers, people that you actually care about, that you're cool with, and that you think are, are worth sharing, to the forefront. Use your platform for good. Yeah, absolutely. Don't just use it for you, you know, yep. whatever, just mindlessly doing nonsense. You have a platform with thousands of viewers you can do something with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know? Give somebody a chance. Yep. So I I, I love That's those cool. kind of stories, and I, I didn't know that about Avenged Sevenfold. And who knows? If they wouldn't have done that, Avenged yeah. Sevenfold might have never been the band they are today. That's true. That's true. So it just took a band like Good Charlotte, who who the fuck's talking about Good yeah. Charlotte anymore? <laughs> no one, right? No. <laughs> but it's almost like they used yeah. their shit, and they, they sacrificed themselves and brought a band into it, and then the actual talented band took off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just love that kind of shit. That's great. And speaking of talented bands and non-talented bands, mm-hmm. great segue into our last rock story of the week here. This was a article that was put out this week, and it was on Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, and they were looking back on one of the Kiss's worst-received albums, mm. one of their most failed albums of all time. The Elder. It was a 1981 concept album. It was called Music from the Elder. Mm. It was the band's ninth album. It was released 40 years ago, uh, just this past week. God, so they were asked about yeah. it because of the 40th anniversary. They were yeah. like, well, what's the deal with that album, guys? And it came out November 10th, 1981, for reference. It was produced by Bob Ezrin. I mean, legendary producer. Yeah. yeah on paper, it sounded great. Kiss is doing a concept album with Bob Ezrin. It's called Music from the Elder. Yeah. Sounds cool, right? Like, oh, man, it's going to be, right? <laughs> it must have been bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he was, he <laughs> did Pink bad. Floyd's The Wall. He did Alice yeah. Cooper's, uh, you know, all their whole career. Yeah. Every Bob now Ezrin and then. did a lot of <laughs> albums. When he stepped up to this, everybody had very high expectations. Yeah. And I think that's why it crashed so hard. In a chat uh, chat recently this week with Yahoo Entertainment, Paul Stanley recalled uh, the band's debacle, which start, stalled at a n- miserable number 75 on the Billboard charts. He said, quote... Oh, that's not even as bad as uh, the Limp Bizkit album, though. Oh, I know. <laughs> 155 for yeah. Limp Bizkit's pretty bad, but 75 at that time... Yeah, for Kiss. That yep. was really bad. Yeah, That was time. like, you're fucking done. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not going anywhere, right? So let me get to that in a second. It was a Gene Simmons. The whole, the entire album is Gene Simmons trying to apologize to the audience in just a horrible way. You know, yeah, right. you know this actually is really your. You fault. know, I discovered David just, Lee Roth. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I feel for the guy. I feel for All right, the guy. check it out. He said, "This is Paul Stanley saying, quote, 
we were lost. We were delusional. We had become complacent and kind of ungrateful for the success that we had and what it was based on. So we were lazy. And I think we had all become very comfortable in a rich, so to speak, lifestyle. And we became more concerned with how our contemporaries viewed us rather than our fans. Mm. And I think the fans were forsaken. Oh. We couldn't make a rock album. We had no teeth. We were gumming it at this point. Ooh, that's a very poignant statement. That's and really to the point. That was, And that was the turning point for KISS. I love that. That's That was awesome. Like, this was when they realized they, they can't even fucking do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then Gene Simmons added, Gene's the guy that's normally like, no, yeah. you know, um, you know, it, it was, was your just, fault you didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, it was misguided. We had the right idea, right? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But listen to what he says here. That was a dishonest record. The Elder was misdirected. We were very popular and played stadiums and stuff. It started, see, he had to throw that in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then he goes, it started with a story treatment that I wanted to turn into a movie, a Tolkien-esque of uh, sort of thing oh, with inspiration from the watcher from Marvel and so oh, on. Yeah. We brought Bob Ezrin back. So who had produced possibly our best record destroyer up until then it was Bob Ezrin who said, let's go do a concept record. Gene, I like your story. Let's craft songs based oh, on your story. Yeah. He went on to explain the real story behind the elder was this kind of self deluded notion. Hey, the who had Tommy. Yep. I was let's just have, about to say that. Yeah. Let's have our yeah. own Tommy. And why do you need that? You know, it's like Led Zeppelin didn't have Tommy and they did fine. And yep, quote. yep, yep, yep. So I think that's the crux of it right there. He admitted yeah. it. He basically was like, a, uh, you know, this is working for these other bands. Why don't we do it for Kiss? Yeah, yeah. But it you, was, got, you have no intelligence. You have no substance. You have nothing there. Yeah, big and time. And you don't have the fucking band to back it up. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know what? Like, this to me reminds me of, like, you know what? We should make this in passion, wonderful, deep just crazy movie with all these metaphors and and it'll be called Hooters. <laughs> uh, the Travel Within. Yeah, right. And it's like, no, 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 don't do, uh, you know, it's funny, it's, it is true though, what he's saying, so like, you know, uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant kind of concept piece. Uh, you've got like, you know, the Who's Tommy, you've got like, a, um, uh, you've got like a, a, a bunch of other ones. I don't know, you Sticks, got, Use Your yeah. Illusion, Just there was the, a Rush yep. concept album at the time. Yep, 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 uh, yep. Uh, the, the, the Kings one. Yep. Um Jordowski's type of like crazy twisted, like, you know, dig deep into the artist kind of psyche type thing. And then, but I, yeah, Kiss I, is not like that. No, They're and that like was the that. thing. They tried and they failed and it was like, almost yeah. like they gave up the ghost. They fucking showed behind the curtain at Oz that they're a fucking charlatan band. Yeah, yeah. And they tried to do this concept album, and it fucking broke them. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that was the last thing. So they should anyway. Have known. They should have known. They were commercial. I wanted to make that known and have it recorded that they said those things. They know it's a horrible album. Yeah. And that was the turning point for Kiss. And I'm glad they just at least accept it. And yeah. they're not deluded at the point because you can't even listen to that album. Yeah. I Googled it before this... Uh, um, episode just to like refresh myself. I heard it a long time ago in the late '90s when I was first learning about Kiss, and I kind of went through all their discography. And I listened to it again for the first time in like 20 years, and it's atrocious. It's horrible. I... It's almost laughable. It's like a Spinal Tap album. It's like The Room. 
It's like Tommy. It's like Tommy Wiseau. Pr- produced, yeah. Tommy Wiseau produced. It's like, a, a, it's like you said. It's like a diluted <laughs> vision of themselves. Oh man! That they wanted to like create this like theater fantasy, and it's so stupid. Epic. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Hey, Chris. What's up? You know what, Charles? Don't even go there. Not without my coffee. Oh wow, Chris. What happened to your ever-so-polite and upbeat demeanor? Shove it up your ass, Charles. Your big, fat, ugly, pompous, face-hole, jerk, ugh, turpentine mouth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chris, you know what, buddy? I know what you need. What's that? Potato breath? Guilt? Reach right into my sack. Right there. Oh, oh, Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Pull out the can. What in the ninth level is this? It's a cold, refreshing can of a little something called ball jack. They're a vitalizing energy drink that'll kickstart your day with a little something called pizzazz. Pizzazz? Yeah, otherwise known as a combination of yellow 5-6 and a little known and regulated yellow number 16. All good things. Drink up! Hey, I feel better already. Of course you do, because Ball Jack is the key to morning success. With a patented blend of caffeine, taurine, ginkgo biloba, and actual tears, you'll punch the day in the face and get pumped up like you swallowed jet fuel. Well, is it good for you? Define good. And Ball Jack is full of a little something we all know and love called energy crystals. Oh, energy crystals. Like sugar? Sure. It's your party, Chris. So, what do you say to life now? Look out, Betty. I'm jam-packed full of pizzazz. Woo! Good. Go get them, Buster. And watch out for cops. Huh? Ball Jack, located at most retail chicken feed stores. All right, rock birthdays this week. Charles, take it away. Ooh, Roy Wood. Multi-instruments. Instrumentalists. 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 Multi-instrumentalists. God, that's really hard. Really hard. Co-founder of both The Move and the Electric Light Orchestra. 75. Disputed. Look at how many disputed birthdays we have this week. We oh have my god, they're like all disputed. Three, we have three disputed birthdays. Uh, Mario Cipollina. Why former, are all yeah, these birthdays I, disputed? I, I know, right? It's like just just tell us. Can, real, can their can their daughter or grandmother confirm this for us? Yeah, tell us your real. So I don't have birthday. to do this every oh. year. Yeah, exactly. Right, Mario Cipollina, former bassist. Ooh, Huey Lewis in the news. 67 disputed so um so popular kind of okay so you guys look up huey lewis um acting out the scene from american psycho on youtube and it's really fucking funny like you know the scene where patrick bateman (laughs) kills paul allen and it's like and they're in his apartment he's got the raincoat on and huey lewis the lead singer of huey lewis in the news reenacts yeah he reenacts it with weird al yankovic Oh and Rio Yankovic is playing the part of Paul <laughs> Allen, and Huey Lewis has a full suit and a raincoat and an axe, and he does the entire scene. Oh my and god, it's, it's just precious. This so, sounds great. Yeah, sixty-nine or sixty-seven. Disputed. Disputed. Though. Yeah, Rudy Sarzo, bass player, Ozzy Osbourne, Quiet Riot, White Snake, Blue Easter Colt. This guy might as well. He's a badass he bass is player. A pure fucking mullet. He's like his whole life is. <laughs> His whole existence. He is, uh, a literally a Miller Lite can yeah. of beer. Ozzy Osbourne, Quiet Riot, <laughs> White Snake, Blue Oyster Colt. When this guy, he's 71, it's not disputed. When he finally goes up not to the, disputed. Yeah, he's going to go to the pearly gates, and it's going to be his own heaven, and Jesus, <laughs> and whoever else. He's you know, badass. Sarzo is fucking yep, awesome. They're all going to have mullets, 
and they're going to be he's just one of those bass. guys like he's requested in the heavy heavy metal community at that time yeah as you could tell how many albums he was on oh look at how many bands he played with he was one of those guys that yeah. was like you want a fucking good bass player on your album yeah fucking rudy sarzo from the 80s like I was, he, the 80s bass player for uh, uh rock and roll oh yeah big time he was the dude big time the only guy by the way the only guy that david crosby could shoot point blank with his six shooter and the bullets just bounce right off of him it's just crazy that's right yep uh that's chris chris Dea, uh or drea chris drea guitarist the yardbirds nice 76 disputed it's disputed though uh, Vince <laughs> could be 96. You don't know. Could be, he could be a, a thousand and six. Yeah, he could be Methuselah. <laughs> yeah, he could be you Methuselah. have no idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could be Methu- Methuselah or Mephistopheles. Who knows? Uh, Vince Martell, guitarist, Vanilla Fudge. I love that name. I love it so much. Seventy six. Vanilla Fudge. Vanilla Fudge. D- uh, Seventy six. Uh, not oh. disputed. Oh, we lost our screen, so I'll Hold just on. I'll just say it straight from memory. Um. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Colin Young, singer guitarist, The Youngbloods. Oh, The Youngbloods. Okay. Um, 80. 80. Wow, really? Yep. Yep. He's still oh, alive. Wow. 80. That's cool. Um, and then Jim Peterick uh, of the Ides of March, Vehicle, and Survivor, Eye of the Tiger, 71. Okay, so great story about Survivor. Okay, this is horrible. This is a horrible story. We talked so, about this before. Yep. So 71. So is this the guy? Is this the dude? Yeah. The, okay. So Jim Peter named his band because he, okay, he so survived. This, this is so this is a horror story. <laughs> so a lot of you guys don't don't know that the guy you know who sings you know I am the tiger that whole thing. Uh, so he survived a plane crash, <laughs> and everyone else died in his band. In his band, and then he formed a new band <laughs> called and he named it Survivor. Survivor. I survived. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's LOL. Whole, like, that's just, what it said in the liner notes. What a middle finger in the family and friends of the his whole band members that died, up right? When you think about it's, it. It's it's like uh, we made this joke the last time because this is so horrible. It's like if you're like the only band member in a band that, that you know everybody else dies in this bud cra- bus crash, and then you create a new band titled "I Lived" and they didn't. <laughs> And then your new... Buckle up, LOL. That's the name of your new album. Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. And then the the title of your your, uh, number one breakthrough uh, hit uh, was called, like, the, uh, you know, the the Eagle's Eye, uh, (laughs) the strongest, the last eagle to survive. Oh, Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, those those were the rock star birthdays. All right. Well, let's get into some trivia. How about that? Yes. This week in music history trivia, this week in 1964, Charles. Let's go all the way back to 1964. This band, they signed to CBS Records for the first time after being recommended to the label by jazz legend Miles Davis. Okay. That's a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was, if if peeing your pants is cool, consider (laughs) me Miles Davis. (laughs) That's right. He's the king of cool. Uh, all right, so who was it that Miles Davis recommended to CBS Records? Was it A, The Kinks, mm. B, Sly and the Family Stone, C, The Birds, or D, David Crosby is actually in The Birds, so I can't think of a good joke band, but I'm sure him and Miles Davis did plenty of coke together. Oh, man. That's also oh, a good choice. You had to throw that in there. Yeah, kind of mix it up for you. So we need to get some We need to get some background music in this. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there 
This band signs the CBS Columbia Records after being recommended to the live label by jazz legend Miles Davis. A. The Kinks. B. Sly and the Family Stone. C. The Birds. Or D. David Crosby is actually in The Birds, so I can't think of a good joke, man. But I'm sure him and Miles Davis did plenty of coke together. I'm going to go with D. I'm going to go with D because I... I, David Crosby? Yeah, I'm sure that David Crosby and Miles Davis did like a lot of coke together and at some point they looked at each other straight in the face of listening to their own music and they were like it's the notes you don't hear well you're pretty damn close because it was the birds oh dope. the birds signed to cbs records on this week in 1964 after being recommended the label by jazz legend miles davis all right cool which is kind of weird birds do not sound any kind of jazzy or I don't know. And Rock News Weekly fans, if you can um, if you can tell us what the quote is that Chris and I just just said at the beginning of this of this um, of this quiz, uh, kudos kudos points. You get kudos points. Yep, you have to know who which said are redeemable yep. at uh, any kudos uh, candy bar website. <laughs> Remember kudos the uh, the bar oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. granola yeah. bar. You just send them that. You, you say, get kudos points. You say I got kudos points. Yeah. From Rocky's Weekly yep. Podcast, and they'll know what you mean. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. What is that from, ladies and gentlemen? That's right. What is that from? All right. Second bonus question here, Charles. In 2000. Okay. All the way back in the year 2000. Oh, the year 2000. Makes me feel old. What official website launched for the first time this week in the year 2000? Was it A, Beatles.com? B radiohead.com C Led Zeppelin.com or D Cokefield Crosby.com <laughs> Oh my god Debuted gosh. for the first time this week I, <laughs> in the year 2000 You know what it when you said 2000 what official website launched their first time uh, this week in 2000 I thought it was going to be more like A Pornhub B Pornhub hub 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 uh, C Red Hub Pornhub or D nope, Porn these are bands hub. not porn um, yeah, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, all right, so I would go with dcoatfieldcrosby.com. And this, this is crazy because I actually used to get on this website all the time. And all it was was a picture of David Crosby. Just like, it, it wasn't a picture. It was a moving picture. So he would like look one way and then he'd like look another way really quick and look another way really quick. And like a paranoid delusion. And that was it. It would just go on right. forever. Just that forever. was the entire website. It was, it's like it the was first wonderful. meme. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Exactly. Just that Wilford Brimley mustache. Just I think I want to get that he... website name on uh, GoDaddy.com now. That'd be uh, CokefieldCrosby.com? Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Of, you know? That'd be dope. Maybe have some merch on there. Yeah. You know? Okay, so it's Radiohead.com. Okay, so don't don't go get, and get that website, people. Uh, don't do that. Don't do not do it. Let's move on. That's us. We trademark. What, what do you think Rock here? Rock News Weekly. Uh, B, Radiohead.com. Radiohead.com? Mm-hmm. It was actually... Beatles.com. Beatles.com was uh, officially launched as the website for the official Beatles. Okay. This week in 2000. Oh, nice. Uh, So there you go. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So movie TV entertainment news this week. Radiohead, speaking of Radiohead. All right. They're presenting their Kid A Amnesia exhibition as a free download. It's a free download for PlayStation 5 beginning November 18th as well as PC. I will say, because I looked it up myself, I have a PC, I'm a PC gamer, it's on PC as well in the Epic Gaming Store for anyone that's interested. It's coming out November 18th, and it's an upside-down digital analog universe created by the original artwork from Tom York and Stanley Donwood on that album. 
and the sound design by Nigel Godrich is going to be uh, like basically they're going to have it as an ambient soundtrack for the game. Mm. And it's like you can go through the artwork of the album as a, a game type of an, ex- a, an experience. Dope. So who's in the bunker? Nigel Godrich. It's totally free for everybody. Out Dope. There, so of course, Radiohead's going to make their content so totally free. Look at this. Is uh, I thought this was weird. We don't have to get stuck on this, but Emilio Estevez exits the Mighty Ducks. Over a vaccine. Jesus Christ. He will not return to the Mighty Ducks, the Game Changers. At 59 years old, he exited the Disney Plus series over disagreements over the show's vaccine requirements, which calls for vaccines for actors and crew members. Just get the... Get what is up with these people? Vaccine, man. Like, I kind of liked Emilio Estevez. Dude. He, and, and now he, it's it's like it's ruined. It's like, so what it's, are you doing, dude? You're 50... Not only... Not only are yeah. you... 59 years old yeah. and probably at risk. Yeah. You're going to, like, die on this hill of this, like, I'm not going to take this thing. You're not going to take my rights. And ruin this fucking great series on Disney Plus and everything yeah. for your career over this. Yep. And it's his way. It's Ugh. his. Oh, uh, they got to do it like they did Chef on the South Park. And they've just got to, like, let the series play and then just have him killed in, like, the most horrible way. I just can't stand that. <laughs> like, he gets hit by a car, and then he flies up, and he gets hit by a plane, and the plane, like, drops him down in the middle of Sahara, and then he dies of dehydration. And That should be a good idea. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. should do that. Absolutely. All right, last story in the movie de- entertainment news uh, thing this week. I thought it was a good thing. Let's end it on a positive note. As YouTube is removing the dislike counts from their videos. Yes. I actually logged in today, and, I, and it's true. I, this We're recording this on Sunday, and all of the dislike uh, counts for any video I looked up on YouTube are totally gone. Oh, cool. So all it shows is the likes. Yeah. You can still dislike a video, and the content creator will see it on their end. Yeah. But it's not going to show a tally number of dislikes on the video. Nice. They did an experiment earlier this year that found when a user can't see the results of this video to drive up a targeted video's dislike count, they're less likely to pile on. So apparently people were seeing that people were like disliking these videos yeah. and just adding fuel to the fire, so to speak. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... I think it's a good thing. What do you think? I I love it. My my only claim to YouTube YouTube fame is a uh, it's actually the the like not the greatest uh, a song that I that I played, but it's a it's a cover. It's a nylon string cover. What's of, your YouTube channel? Uh, uh, shout it out. Tra- Charles Davenport. Charles Davenport Jr. is so if you if you look at it like basically like my only like I have about seven hundred views on a cover of Tools Descending that I do on a nylon string. That's so cool, though. It's, yeah, it's Just nuts. to have 700 views on any video it's, is pretty fucking it's awesome. Bananas. It's totally bonkers. But like, and you maybe, just did it this year, just I a couple just, months yeah, ago. just a couple of months ago. And like, none of my original stuff has reached 700, but just this Imagine this random, in a couple years, you're going to have thousands of views. Yeah, po- probably. It's, it's, it, it seems will. like about every month, there's like maybe about 50 more, 50 to 100 more views on this thing. And, um... And I'm I'm like oh my god those like 700 views but I, I'll tell you what every time I look at it I look at the thumbs down one to see if anybody's disliked it because I'm sure as soon as they get my first dislike I'm just gonna like go kill myself go crash <laughs> crash your car yeah. the <laughs> like, fucking I'm side like, of the road please, please no. it's not worth living please no don't. but that's why it's because they yeah. found that people like it they're like you say they're you're very sensitive as a content creator yeah. People who dislike your video, like, why would you take the time out of your day I know. to dislike something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, just move on or whatever, right? 
And so that I think it's a, a step in the right direction for YouTube removing that toxic behavior yeah. that's in social media. And I think Facebook, all that kind of shit, should do the same type of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah Take big notes. Time. Fucking let's let's get rid of this toxic stuff, right? Yeah, big time. All right, that's it for us this week, guys. Make yeah. sure you give us a like and a follow. All our social media at Rock News Weekly, rocknewsweekly.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it however you feel. It doesn't have to be a five-star, three-star, four-star, whatever you want. I don't care if it's a one-star. It gives us an algorithm rating that we can uh, propagate to more people out there. So anything is appreciated. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, also, if you enjoyed our episode and you listen every week, think about doing the subscription. It's in the description link uh, for this episode. It's only three ninety nine a month. It goes directly to us uh, to buy new T-shirts, to do stuff, uh, all the equipment that we need, headphones, different things going on here. So we do appreciate it, guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.